Synchronicity will take you along. And here's your host, Travis William Skink Mateer. Welcome to another episode of Zoom Cron. I'm your host, Travis Mateer, and this is a interesting episode in that I am stitching it together using some voice memo audio files that I recorded um, on, let's see, March 20th, 2022, in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, This will be a probably pretty short episode. I'll see how long I'll make this introduction here, but um, I just got off the road with the family. Oh, but luckily the family is not around because after nine hours in the car with my three kids and my wife... Um, it gets a little crispy and in March driving across Kansas is, uh, apparently can be a little treacherous. We had, um, some (laughs) 40, 50 mile an hour sustained winds in the central wheatlands or central prairie and, uh, snow, definitely blowing snow. It was some pretty brutal, brutal conditions. And we have one of those toppers, of course, traveling around in our Volkswagen. And it was a lot of fun for dad driving, let me tell you. Um, the kids know for the most part that when dad is driving, um, you, you have to keep the bickering to a minimum. There are screens to keep the kids occupied. I don't know how the traveling happened. I guess there were just different expectations back in the day. Also, uh, I think dads could reach back and smack their kids. I think that was more acceptable socially. Not so much now. Um, verbal threats and yelling tend to be a more uh, useful method of, it's not not useful, but it's what I've been doing. And I'm, I might just ramble a bit because again, nine hours, a little crispy. Uh, the wind never really stopped, but the snow did at certain points. And then as we were getting into, cl- pr- kind of closing into Colorado Springs, the snow and the wind kicked up again. It was impressive. So now I hear I sit, I'm looking out a window and it's pretty darn nice. Uh, my in-laws have a house in Colorado Springs, which I'm sitting in. That's pretty darn nice next to a fancy hotel or in fairly close proximity to the Broadmoor Hotel. And uh, we're going to spend a day in Colorado Springs, one more night, and then we're going to keep on heading west and north, north and then west, I think. Um, trying to get back to Montana in two more days. So we'll see how that goes. Colorado Springs is interesting. I lived here for nine months back in, oh goodness, 99 to 2000. So when my wife and I, before we got married, I was leaving Kansas City and we stayed here briefly. I worked in Manitou Springs briefly. Colorado Springs is an interesting place. It's uh, where NORAD exists and that's like a big military installation inside Cheyenne Mountain. Tesla, Nikola Tesla back in the day had a laboratory of sorts here. Uh, that's referenced in the movie The Prestige, where David Bowie plays Tesla. That's pretty cool. And let's see, the Air Force Academy is out here. A lot of interesting weather, a lot of interesting energy, um, maybe some 
sort of underground stuff. I know I tentatively explored a little canyon when I was working in Manitou, a buddy I worked with in the restaurant. He uh, showed me this canyon and we hiked up this little area on the edge of the canyon and there's actually this big metal door just like (laughs) right there. Very, very bizarre. Um, Anyways, uh, when I get back to Montana, uh, there are some just cases that will, will not stop getting more and more absurd and ridiculous. It's going to be interesting to see how things develop. April is fast approaching. Spring, especially April, very cruel month, according to T.S. Eliot. Um, but I plan on continuing to do fun, creative things. Um, so we'll see what happens. My schedule might be changing a bit. I will continue, though, hopefully getting those posts out, at least five or six of them a week. I'm going to continue trying to maintain a weekly podcast, looking for interviews. There's a lot of political stuff coming up. We have school board elections coming up in May and lots of other interesting elections, local elections, the stuff you should be paying attention to, um, stuff local media should be getting more nitty gritty with, but they're not because they can't, Um, which leaves me in some ways a little citizen journalist, humble beginnings, um, no steady paycheck, doing what I can to put out what I know and what I'm digging into, I continue to know more things and find out more things. And it's just impressive. It really is impressive. Um, I know there was other things I was going to mention, but now I think my brain is zapped. So uh, the clip I think that starts off is the long clip, like a 13-minute clip, as I'm watching the sunrise in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, And then I get into the details of trying to find a place to urinate, and that's fun. Uh, Hopefully there's some laughs. This is a travelogue of sorts. Um, I will not be doing this in the next episode of ZoomCron. I will look for an interview of sorts, or maybe something else. I don't know. I will get creative. Oh, and a a song. I forgot. Journa tuning is something I am attempting to do, and this is sort of an audio version of journa tuning. And there will be a song at the end. It's a World War song. I get to about World War V and making the rhymes happen. I hope you like it. It's not guitar-driven. I was at my in-law's house, and so this is actually a piano. Very minimalist. I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. You can reach out to me, Travis Matier, at willskink at yahoo.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-K-I-N-K at yahoo.com. I don't think I'll do an outro. Well, maybe I will. We'll see. Thanks for listening, regardless. Okay, Daddy Log, March 20th, 2022. Let's see, I am sitting in my car by myself on 14th Street and Louisiana Street. Here in Lawrence, Kansas, University of Kansas, KU, this is the university that I went to for about a year and where I I met my future wife, and we are here currently on a little vacay with the family. So I'm alone. It's early morning, uh, about 7.20 a.m. We've already gone through the spring forward daylight savings time 
scam. So the sun is not quite up, but I tell you, the pinks on the horizon are absolutely stunning. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful morning. It is Sunday. Uh, I spent the night with my brother watching some Raised by Wolves. Getting kind of curious and curious, more and more curious about the Mithraic cult versus the atheists as depicted in this fictional narrative on HBO Max. But it was enjoyable to watch some episodes of that last night as my family stayed at the Oread Hotel. Yeah, the Oread um, really looks nice. Looks really nice on the outside. It looks fantastic on the outside. It really does. Then you get into the room that you spent, well, you know, I wanted the family to have a nice, spacious suite. You know, it's going to be kind of a, a splurge. We've had some crappy hotels because when you're traveling, you don't really need a nice hotel. But this was a chance for me to get the fam a nicer spot to hang out. And so the inexplicably tall ceilings that I think are supposed to sort of reinforce why you paid the money um, is really quickly undermined by things like the bathtub and the complete shit infrastructure, <laughs> the plumbing, um, the leaking that immediately started happening. It, the, the bathtub was, was funny. It was a joke. Um, and then just little tiny things that show thought was not given to the interior of these nice spaces. Um, the Oread, it's very fascinating actually, is right on campus. Um, I thought it was an older building because of the way it looked, but it actually was built in 2010, and the article I found was from 2012, calling it um, upscale cheap, I think was the vibe sort of going going with it. There was an attempt to do some kind of cl pop-up clubs on the weekends in the underground garage parking. You know, you do kind of feel like a baller. When you're when you're pulling in and the underground parking garage lifts for you, lifts up for you, you definitely feel sort of like a VIP. And I'm sure as you know, sports related events are happening, <laughs> the people that stay there, I'm sure they do all kinds of VIP things in those rooms. If you, if you know what I mean, if you catch my drift. Oh wow, we now have the sun has made its its debut today, its appearance over the horizon. As I'm sitting here recording this voice memo on my phone, I'm uh, wondering how many people are not quite awake, but they will awaken today. Bleary-eyed, um, there, there was a woman that lives close to my brother that had the cops called a couple times. She was wasted. Very, very entertaining to watch. Um, because what else are you going to do other than sit back and watch the human drama as it unfolds? Some of the other things that have been accomplished on this little vacay is a viewing of my wife's grandpa, his exhibit at the World War I Memorial. Memorial. Uh, John Lewis Barkley wrote a book back in the day about his war experience and the recipients that he was of the Medal of Honor for what he did to take out a German tank battalion, if that's the correct terminology. I'm not a military guy. Um, but I am absolutely fascinated, not just by overall military investment and, and what amazing pieces of technology have come from, from our war efforts, but the individual efforts of this one man and really what the book that he wrote in 1930 says, the title of the book back then, 
was not the title he originally wanted for the book, No Hard Feelings, was the title he did not want that was pushed on him back in 1930 as things were getting building up again, tensions building in Europe. Scarlet Fields was the title he actually wanted, according to his daughter, Joan Wells, my mother-in-law, who I was talking to this week about some of these things. I'm going to be bringing home a copy of, an original copy of No Hard Feelings. Very rare, very crazy to think about what was going on back World War I, World War II, and what is building once again in Ukraine. Uh, someone mentioned, actually, the movie Tenet actually opens up in an opera house in Kiev in Ukraine. The breadbasket of Europe. There is, there is serious, serious stuff going on with Eurasia. Um, yesterday I was part of a, a little Zoom meeting with the propaganda report. And I think this particular topic is a tough one for a lot of people to wrap their heads around because my suspicion, increasingly I think shared by others in that alternative media space, is that to some degree Putin and the West have maybe, this is pure speculation, have perhaps some degree of agreed upon outcome. Who knows? Who knows what's the case? Um, the speculation against this is that that Vladimir Putin is doing this for his country, and he has to after years and years of being provoked. NATO expansion, uh, the maiden coup. You know, when there's a coup on your on your back doorstep after your your empire has collapsed, the Soviet Union, um, you can potentially see how an autocrat like Putin would finally see the need to exert his military prowess um, and territorial prowess, uh, annex Crimea, yeah, um, denazify Western Ukraine. Well, if you don't understand Azov Battalion being like true, legit Nazis, then, then you might not see that, that, that old, old Vlad maybe has a few points. But at the end of the day, if he is one of these groomed leaders from the World Economic Forum, if he's got some sort of Klaus Schwab, you know, proprietary chip in his brain, that's sort of hyperbole, not really, but kind of. Then there's really no telling what, uh, what old Vlad might be up to and what agreed-upon outcomes might actually be in the works. Um, the seamless transition <clears throat> from COVID to war, very interesting stuff. Um, even my beloved Legos got in on the game of war propaganda, which fucking pisses me off, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Molotov cocktails, Lego Molotov cocktails with the gold and blue flag. Um, some other interesting things that came up in the Zoom meeting is th that color scheme, you know, the color scheme of, what is it, Moldova in Ukraine, blue and gold? <clears throat> no, it's not Moldova. What What is the country that has the first embassy in the metaverse? Barbados, maybe? Ah, so much swirling around in, in my brain. But there is some interesting stuff afoot. And, whoa, huh, as I glance to the right outside my car, I see a little skunk digging in, in the ground. Oh, that's, that's adorable. Um, wildlife is waking up on this, on this March 20th morning as the equinox rapidly approaches us. Light and spring returns 
it'll be nice to get back to Montana. Um, I was scanning some of the local headlines, and I see that that Mineral County Sheriff Mike Toth and some deputies, well, well, they got a big old bag of weed. Someone called it in. There's a bag of weed like on the highway. That's what the that's what the NBC Montana report says, people. <clears throat> that's right. And sheriff deputies, well, they want anyone to come and get it because Montana does have now legal weed. And so if this is a commercial op, someone might want their big bag of weed back. Otherwise, Sheriff Toth says they're going to destroy it. Um, you know what? I would destroy that weed, too. In a bong. <laughs> okay. Daddy. Log. Um, this is the second clip that I am putting together. I just went and got some tasty pastries. Oh, my car just turned off. Um, thank you, Volkswagen, for, for doing all that so automatically for me. So I, I went and just got some, some pastries, and there was a gentleman outside uh, eating some eating a pancake, and he had his grocery cart um, pretty close to him. I made the assumption that he was possibly someone on the streets. So after getting my pastries, I um, engaged in a brief conversation with him just to see if maybe he would help provide some perspective on local homeless services. Uh, I mentioned that I did a podcast in Montana and that up in Missoula, they were using private security to um, track homeless people. Well, this gentleman definitely exhibited some signs of, of mental health issues when he responded that he did think that he was being surveilled um, and that it was part of a Highlander 6 series being filmed here. Um, told me to look into it. Maybe I, I, I will look into it. Um, Highlander actually does have an association with me um, with homelessness, oddly enough, as the one of the gallows humor stories told to me by first responders years ago when I was waiting outside this guy's apartment. Um, he had gotten into an apartment and then really sort of sabotaged that housing placement by doing unspeakable things to that room. And so he was in the process of being evicted, and we were standing outside of the apartment waiting for the police to determine if there was some kind of warrant that would allow us to arrest him or allow police to arrest him because he kept on turning on an oven that was faulty and really was at risk of starting a, an apartment complex fire if he wasn't compliant with not turning on the oven and he was wasted, belligerent, and just acting like an asshole. So the story that was told to me by first responders is this theory that was circul circulating amongst them that there is a certain degree of immort immortal homeless people. Um, immortality is something that exists among the homeless population. And when, when one of the um, immortal homeless sort of is, is finally ended, um, their immortal powers pass on to the next homeless person that becomes immortal. So kind of like Highlander, which I asked the first responder telling me this weird story. I'm like, you mean like Highlander? He was like, yeah, totally like Highlander. So it was a joke. It wasn't serious. But um, this gentleman definitely thought that he was being sort of looked at as a possible role in this Highlander 6 show, um, told me that he was competing with Ben Affleck for that role. So I, I thanked him for his conversation and, and went back to the car, took my tasty pastries, got in the car and drove about a block. And then I see the Mason building. Uh, the Masonic building here. So I am now parked outside of the Masonic building. It's 1001 is the address on Massachusetts Street. The door is red, and there's two, 
there are two massive columns on either side. Very Masonic. I'm going to take a picture of it. Um, and it's interesting because, again, the grandpas, right? Um, one of my wife's grandpas, my father-in-law's father, was a 32nd degree Mason. Um, and I'm going to be bringing back a sword of his that was given to him. And it was really interesting. I'm not going to get into the stories right now, but um, I did get some stories from my father-in-law about his father, uh, John Raymond Wells. Everyone called him Ray. And the perspective is pretty fascinating. What I will say is that um, in terms of privilege, you know, how do these societies work? Fraternal orders, you know, I don't think they're all nefarious. Um, certainly some lodges, some chapters, some people do nefarious things under the auspices of societies that actually, I think, do some decent things. I don't think you can argue that um, there aren't some benefits to some of these some of these fraternal orders. But um, I think I had a larger point. Oh, that that's right. So one of the things I, I will mention is that as I think about history, World War One, World War Two, things like the Great Depression. Um, my father-in-law explained that despite having some challenges with the bottle, his dad never lacked for a job, was always employed, even through the Great Depression. Um, that is a very, very nice thing to be able to fall back on, you know, paid work when it's a difficult thing for many people to find that paid work. And so when you think about another economic crisis that might be developing because a, a war broke out and the price of oil skyrocketing and all that quantitative easing done by central banks just can't paper over this insanity much longer. Well, you start thinking, what what benefit might the sociopaths at the top leverage this crisis um, in order to, to achieve some of their goals, especially when it comes to depopulation? So... Um, I appreciate that gentleman. I was going to offer to record a conversation with him, but um, he so quickly got into that, that area of exhibiting those signs of mental health issues that I, I chose to not offer a chance to record him and just kind of record this conversation safe in my car um, outside the Masonic Temple here in Lawrence, Kansas on March 20th, 2022. So I will wrap up this little clip of um, audio in the hopes that I can get my pastries, my tasty pastries, back to my hungry, hungry children to give them the energy to terrorize each other and their parents for the rest of the day. Just kidding. We love them. Um, and I do want to hope, hopefully see my brother once again, since we are here in Lawrence, Kansas, because he lives and works here. And as you hear my nose, a little stuffy, I'm also a bit allergic to some of the pollen, the dust, um, especially the dust in the house that we're staying at tonight. So I'm going to wrap this one up. I'm going to have a few more clips, I'm sure, by the time this hits on Tuesday. All right. Okay. Um, I would like to thank the private sector. Uh, specifically Fuzzy's Taco Shop um, for being the place that I finally was um, able to, to whip it out and urinate. Um, the city of Lawrence on Sunday at noon-ish um, is not able to have open bathrooms in their park, hilariously called South Park. Um, 
this ba- bathroom, which was closed, is hilariously right next to like the city of Lawrence Parks and Rec building, um, a building I was very close to pissing on just as a matter of principle, um, since all of those doors have, of course, locked on a fucking Sunday. Um, on Saturday, which was yesterday, they were still able to ticket me. So I was still able to get a $10 ticket in this fucking town um, where I can't take a piss as a tourist coming to spend some money, maybe it's because the homeless people also have to take pisses in public bathrooms and we don't want that happening. That just encourages the homeless people. Um, so thank you fuzzy's taco shop for allowing me to piss, um, in your bathroom. I wasn't a paying customer, but I, I, I definitely had to urinate right now. As I'm recording this, I'm standing outside of the city of Lawrence parks and recreation building. Um, it's located at one, one, four, one Massachusetts street, right close to the park where my kids are enjoying themselves. So they're having fun in the park. But if one of my boys or my little girl has to urinate, no, the bathroom not available. Maybe across the street, um, I was, I was directed to some kind of waiting pool. Um, maybe that's where a bathroom is, but unfortunately the bathroom I wanted to use as, as my need to urinate was fairly urgent. I was not available. So, um, I decided to not become a lawbreaker. Uh, yeah, didn't want to do that. There's kids around. Didn't just want to whip it out. Um, although it's very nice to be able to do that as a dude. So again, thank you. Thank you. Fuzzy's taco shop for being the place where I could urinate. Um, pretty, pretty fun, fun times here in Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, I am appreciative right now of not being around my children who immediately started arguing. It's so much fun traveling with kids, um, waiting for uncle Brandon to wake up, wake up uncle Brandon. Um, and then we're going to get some toys and head on back to Kansas city. Uh, okay. So I'm almost back to the car where I'm going to inform my boys that if they have to pee, can't do it here. Nope, nope, nope. Um, the waiting pool is broken. Obviously it's March. It's not open. Uh, and maybe that's part of the problem. So again, one final gratitude (laughs) to Fuzzy's taco shop. Thank you, Fuzzy's. Um, it was a pleasure pissing in your urinal the way the law and the private sector allows. Thank you. World War One, so much fun. Grab your gas mask, grab your gun. Bodies fertilize the land, assisted by Ferdinand. World War Two, so much to do. Grab some lightning, grab some juice. Concrete stacks fill the air to weaponize those who care. World War Three, so much to see. Grab some Ukraine hypocrisy. As off Nazis hero brand, bad new Hitler takes a stand. World War Four, such a bore. No more meat sacks or popcorn. Only robots now explode, shooting at what they're told.
or two, as much do fills the air, weaponizing those who care. World War Five, so much light. Grab a demon, grab a pipe. Storming heaven is the plan, assisted by human hands. World War Five, so much light. Grab a demon, grab a pipe. Storming heaven is the plan, assisted by human hands. World War One, so much fun. Grab your gas mask, grab your gun. Bodies fertilized land. Assisted by Ferdinand World War II, so much to do Grab some lightning, grab some juice Concrete stacks fill the air To weaponize those who care As of Nazi hero brand Yeah Bad new Hitler takes a stand Yeah Okay, I will do an outro. Let's do an outro. And, and, and in fact, I'll do something kind of unique. I, I opened this book that, that's in the library in this house. It's a book by, called "Quoth the Raven" by O. M. Salisbury. It's a little journey into the primitive. It's about Native Americans, and in the chapter about marriage, um, I'll read this little part. Theoretically, the man was considered the head of the family, but as a matter of fact, the women were often the dominant element. Even today, the men turn over all their earnings to their wives and consult them on all business matters, and the women are often the shrewder businessmen of the two. If the wife proved lazy and incompetent or sullen and intractable, the man could demand his payment back, and if she proved unfaithful, he not only could have it refunded, but would be entitled to compensation for the injury and disgrace brought to his clan. That price would have to be paid by the women's clan, for the disgrace would be more than a personal matter. The whole clan would share in the injury, and the other clan would be considered responsible. Should he send her away or divorce her, for that is all that constituted divorce without adequate cause, he would have to divide his possessions with her. If, however, she were to leave him and go home to her family, the father was under obligation to either return her to her husband or repay half the husband or repay half the number of blankets originally received for her. If she ran away with another man, indemnity was due from her clan, and her life might be forfeited, providing she could be caught. Under the easy system of divorce and and companionate marriage, there were few of the women of the older generation who had not had from several to many husbands. That is evidence today in the variety of names to be found among the brothers and sisters of family. But according to the nurse, there is just as great a variety of fathers to the children as there used to be. Ah, uh, quote the Raven. Um, I did get a lot of interesting new books, um, especially some books on, on Freemasonry. So some interesting, cool stuff. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to um, this stitched together travelogue episode of Zoom Cron. 
I'm your host, Travis Matier. Next week, I'll have something. I'm not sure what, but stay tuned. Thanks for listening.